Once again, happy Resurrection Sunday. Uh, one, of the, one, of, one of my favorite Sundays of the year. Next week is also one of my favorite Sundays. And the week after that's one of my favorite Sundays. I love Sundays because I love getting together with other believers. And I love celebrating him. I love having church together. But not just on Sunday. I, like we said, we have church all throughout the week and everything that we do. We just take Christ with us. But I love the pep rally that we get to have on Sunday, where we get together, we hear the word, and we march on forward. Uh, I'm believing that today, God's got something for someone, someone here today, and, and dwelling on the resurrection. Today, I'm going to read from Philippians chapter 3, starting with verse 10. This is what Paul wrote in his ponderings on the resurrection. He said, I want to know Christ. Let's stop right there for a second. Man, if I could know Christ, knowing goes even further than believing. It's not so much that you just believe in Christ, but to know him. See, if you merely believe something, that leaves room for doubt to creep in. And if, if, if you're believing in something that doubt can creep in, you always feel like you have to debate and defend it, don't you? In other words, that's why people are constantly debating politics. Why? Well, because they believe in this philosophy, or they believe in that philosophy, or they believe in this candidate or that candidate. And, and so they always feel like they got to defend their stance, defend where they're at, because it's simply a belief. Everyone always believes in their favorite sports team. That's why they'll debate it and fight over it. But have you ever heard anyone debate whether or not the sun's going to shine in the morning or whether the sun's going to come up. Now, whether it was cloudy or there's a break in the clouds, none of us are debating that the sun's out there, right? Why? Because we know. No one debates whether or not the moon's going to pop up overnight. Even if it's a cloudy sky and you can't see it, no one debates whether, well, I don't, I don't see the moon, I'm not going to debate it. or I'm, I'm, I don't believe in it. No one, no one says that, right? When you know something, you don't even have to debate it. You don't have to defend it. To know, he said, I want to know Christ, where it's just a done deal in my life. I don't have to prove it to anyone. I don't have to debate it. I, I want to know him. I want to know him. I want to know Christ and then experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. Man, that's got to be some power. You let a man be dead for three days. And then get back up and come out of a tomb? That's some power. And yet, if you are a believer in Christ Jesus, if he is Lord of your life, you have that same power living in you via the Holy Spirit. The Bible says the same spirit that rose Christ from the dead will quicken your mortal body. Paul said, I want to know him and I want to experience that power. Because that's some crazy power. Because if it's powerful enough to raise Jesus from the dead, then it's powerful enough to help me overcome my issues. It's powerful enough to help you overcome your addictions. It's powerful enough to put your family back together. It's powerful enough to mend bridges. It's powerful enough to give you favor at work. It's powerful enough to present a solution to every problem in your life. That's some power. He said, I want to know him. I want to experience that power. But look what he also says here. I want to suffer with him. Ooh, Christ went through some major suffering, didn't he? On, his, on the road to the cross. He said, man, I want to suffer with him. 
sharing in his death. Why? Because before you can get resurrected, you got to die. And that tends to be the pattern of everyone who's truly trying to follow Jesus Christ. I'm not saying everyone who professes their faith in Christ. We got a lot of folks that will say, oh, I believe in Christ. Congratulations on your way to heaven. There's a lot of folks on their way to heaven that aren't true disciples, right? (laughs) That aren't true followers. I'm talking about not just bringing them your, your problems, but bringing him your life. Is he really Lord or boss of your life? And it seems like when you take that step, there's a repeated cycle of death, burial, resurrection, death, burial, resurrection all throughout your life. That's what my Sunday school teacher when I was a kid didn't teach me. I thought it was just the uh, salvation rebirth of my life. But it's not that at all. And if you think about it, you've gone through the same pattern where you go through something cataclysmic that's almost like a crucifixion for you. And you have to die out to it. You die out to yourself. You have to let go. There's loss. There's disappointment. There's grief. You let go. And then you go through a season of isolation, whether it's a few days, a few hours, a few weeks, a few years. You may be right in the middle of the crowd, but you feel alone. What is that? That's a tomb. Some of you are on the cross already in your life. You've been on the cross for a few weeks now. What's he trying to do? It's a matter of dying out to yourself so that you can come alive in Christ again. That's knowing him in resurrection power. Some things die out in your life. It's painful. It's disappointing. But as you lay there in isolation, you realize, "Eh, maybe I didn't even need those things after all. The world didn't collapse after all. And then you get back up. I love the fact that the power of salvation doesn't stop just on a cross, but it's manifest through resurrection. God chose the proof of victory to be in the fact that you get to rebound from what killed you. The very thing that knocked you off the horse in life, you get to pop back up. He got up, so you get to get up. That's one of the powers of resurrections. It's awesome. I love the fact that that's the proof of victory. Isn't the fact that you can die out in wonderful discipline in your life, but that you get to become something new and alive and vibrant. So he said, I want to know that so that one way or another, I will experience the resurrection from the dead. Now we're not just talking about the sweet by and by. Woo, one day we're all going to rise and be with him in glory. Well, that's wonderful. But he's talking about a repeated cycle that takes place in our life. Season after season after season. I am not the same person today that I was 10 years ago. Why? Cuz I've gone through some stuff and I've had to die out to some stuff and it was painful. It was like getting crucified. And I've walked days of isolation right in the middle of the crowd, surrounded by people that love me and friends, but still felt alone. Anyone ever been there? And then all of a sudden, something says, get up. And you get back up and you get back into life and you're changed. You're different. 
Why? Because you're a new creature. You don't see things the same way. Certain things no longer have a hold on you. All of a sudden, certain things that you thought were so important aren't that important anymore. And you're much lighter and freer in life. Why? Because you've been set free. Chains have been removed. What did it take? It took death, burial, and resurrection. That's what Paul's talking about. Oh, I want to know him. But in order to know him, I got to die out to some things that I think are so important to me. He's got to become Lord. I have to let go. And it can hurt. And it's painful. Sometimes you lose everything you thought was so relevant in your life. And sometimes you feel alone. But man, when you get back up, for some of you, it's time to get back up today. It's time to resurrect. You've been down long enough. Now, this is, this is what I love that, that Paul winds up bringing out. If you hop over to 1 Corinthians chapter, two, chapter 10, verse 2. Everyone still with me? Someone give me an amen. amen. All right. All right, so good. We're on track for that 20-minute sermon then. Verse 2, in the cloud and in the sea, all of them were baptized as followers of Moses. Now, what he's talking about here is, if you remember, the, the, the children of Israel, get, they get pulled out of Egypt. That's what those who celebrated Passover Friday night, that was the Passover meal. It was the last meal they had in Egypt. It was the meal of represented deliverance, salvation. Uh, they had to eat it quick. Why? Because they were about to, it was going to be a jailbreak. They went into Egypt, became slaves. They left Egypt as slaves on the run. You remember they went into the Red Sea? You remember that? Charlton Heston stands there, parts the Red Sea, right? Moses parts the Red Sea. They go through the Red Sea, which Paul says is a baptism. It was represented baptism, right? The word baptism or baptismo means burial. So, so that's why when we baptize folks, we dunk them, we bury them in water, baptize into water as a representation of the old self has been buried, right? If, if you're here and you've never been baptized, I would be honored to baptize you. We got two people, two candidates that are lined up. We're, we're booking them to be baptized, most likely right here in the lake. We've baptized several folks in the lake. Trust me, ain't nothing going to eat you. We promise you. If you've never been baptized, or maybe you've wandered from the Lord, and you've made a new commitment, and you just want to start over, and you say, hey, I've had people ask me that. Hey, I feel like I've, I just want to get back in the water one more time. Come on. It's okay. It's an outward expression of what God's doing inside. But it's a burial, a burial of old things. Now, notice, they went into the Red Sea and came out the other side with the enemy in hot pursuit. Pharaoh and the Egyptian army was, were, were pursuing them. Some of you guys, are you've been pursued by a lot of things in life. Things that have chronically come against you and kept you in slavery, kept you in chains, whether it's addictions, whether it's mindsets, whether it's depressions, whether it's anxieties, fears, angers, things that have been done to you since you were a kid. And here you are 30 years later and you're still struggling and dealing with it. This is the beauty of death, burial, and resurrection. Paul said, when they went into the, into the Red Sea, that was, a, that was a, a death and a burial. They went into the Red Sea as slaves. They came out the other side, a conquering nation. And then I love what Moses said. If we go back into the Old Testament, read this account in Exodus 14, 13. Moses told the people, don't be afraid. 
Just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. The Egyptians you see today will never be seen again. There are some things that will follow you into your personal spiritual grave. Things that have oppressed you, things that have kept you bound, things that have kept you slaves, things that have kept you from moving forward in life. But I'm telling you, if you will make Jesus Christ Lord of your life and die out to some self today, there are some things that are going to follow you into the grave that don't get to come out the other side at resurrection. Israel faced some other enemies in life, but they never had to face the Egyptians again. Moses said, hey, watch what God's going to do. The enemy that you see today, you'll never see again. I want to speak that out to someone. If you will make Jesus Christ Lord of your life and die out to some things today. It may be hard. You may have to let them go. You may have to just release her. You may have to think of, take that, that, that career path and lay it aside. Whatever dream and hope that you had that's just been crumbling, you may just have to let go of it. Die out to it. But I guarantee you the very thing that has oppressed you and kept you at bay will stay in the grave. And when the Holy Spirit gets you back up and you start marching on in life, you'll never have to deal with it again. That's what Jesus did when he saved you. He set you free. There are some things. Jesus went into the grave carrying my sins and my burdens and carrying mortality. When he got back up, my sins and my burdens and the mortality that he carried stayed in that tomb. He's alive forevermore. And he's the spotless lamb to this day. Things didn't follow him out of the tomb. And that's the power of resurrection today. Things don't have to follow you out of the tomb. Leave them there. There's some things you just need to keep in the grave. I don't care what the enemy has tried to plague you with today. I don't care what he's tried to talk you into. I don't care what he's tried to, the words he's used to try to put you down today. Leave it in the grave. The past is the past. It's dead. It can't be resurrected. If you ever travel to Israel, uh, some of you may have, but if, you, if you've ever traveled to Israel, there's two main places that kind of claim to be possible, the, the, the possible location of the tomb that Jesus was in. One is the Church of the Holy Sepulchre. The other is called the Garden Tomb. And both of them are neat. Both of them... Uh, have their merits as to why they could possibly be the place. Uh, and when you go there, folks treat it differently. Some folks go with intrigue. Other folks go and, and almost worship the place. You see people kissing the ground and, and, and just you know, going through various ceremonies. And I think there's a reason why in the Bible that a lot of these locations don't have an address attached to it. And it's because... The point isn't to worship the place he was resurrected. The point is to worship the one who was resurrected, right? And, and you know, and so, so was it at the Church of the Holy Sepulchre? I don't know, maybe. Was it at the Garden Tomb? I don't know, maybe. I, I particularly love visiting the Garden Tomb. It, it's visually, it's, it's, uh, 
it's a cool representation of anything. It, it's a whole lot better than flannel board. Y'all been around, any of y'all been along, around long enough to be in Sunday school with this flannel? We got one back there. You remember flannel board? As a kid, I thought that was the coolest thing in Sunday school, man. My teacher pop up those figures on that flannel board and just, ah. And, and yet when you go over there, it's, it's, it's better than flannel board. It's, man, this, visually I could see how things possibly took place. But the point is this. There's really, ultimately, there's no need to even go visit those places. You don't get anything out of it other than maybe an awareness of, wow, this stuff is real. Or even look at it this way. Suppose later on today, after I go have lunch with my wife and family and my sister and my niece who's sitting over here, and the Lord chooses to take me home and I breathe my last, and you guys decide to have a, a funeral for me, right? If that happens, don't play slow music, slow, sad music. Y'all better rock it out, man. Y'all better celebrate. And so you go bury me. I know we got a cemetery just on the north side of, the, of, of, of Viridian. Uh, y'all bury me there. And three days later, I come popping up out of that grave, bust open the casket, and y'all see me w- walking around the neighborhood. And I'm alive, and I'm like, no, I'm back. And man, it's time to celebrate. How many of y'all really want to go back to the grave and like make a memorial and all that type stuff for me, right? It'd be ridiculous. Why? Because I'm not there. I'm here. You want to have a relationship? Come on, let's go. Let's celebrate. That's how it is with Christ. And that's how it needs to be with you. Notice Jesus was resurrected from an unmarked tomb. Because there's some stuff that he left in that tomb he doesn't want to deal with anymore. Some of you need to realize that God buried your past in an unmarked grave. Stop trying to go wallow in it and find it. It's not marked for a reason. He doesn't want you to mess with it anymore. He resurrected you. It didn't get to follow you anymore. That's why some of you have tried to wallow in your past and it just doesn't feel right anymore. It doesn't have, you can't conjure up enough tears over it anymore, can you? Why? Because it doesn't exist anymore. It's there. It's dead. It's in the grave. Better yet, here's, here's a ch- I want everyone to show me your past. Did you bring it? Is it in your pocket? Is it under your seat? Someone pull your past out. Come on, let me see your past. You can't. Where's it at? That's why the Bible says, don't be conformed to the image of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. If it's in your mind, let it go. So it's a thought. The Bible says, hey, here's a list of lovely things. Think on these things. You don't even have to think about your past if you don't want. Why? Because it's in the grave. It's in the grave. That's the power of resurrection. The power of resurrection is its freedom. That's why over and over in life, part of the cycle that you're going to deal with, let's all stand. Ooh, look at that. Revival just hit. Preacher just asked everyone to stand. That's the power of resurrection. The fact that over and over in your life, about the time that you think, whoo, hey, I have evolved. I have grown. I'm doing well. 
Now, everything starts falling apart again. Why? Because there's some other area that you need to die out to in your life. If he's going to be Lord of your life, sometimes it takes place incrementally. You notice God gave the children of Israel, he promised them. He said, look, I'm bringing you out of Egypt and I'm bringing you to the land that I promised your forefather Abraham. It's there. Go get it. 40 years later, when they finally cross over and invade, they took it piece at a time. They just didn't show up and like settle the whole place. They had to go kind of conquer areas and regions before they could finally settle it. And sometimes that's how life is with us. God gets us out of Egypt, but sometimes it's a process to get Egypt out of us. And sometimes he has to become Lord of your life piece at a time. A piece at a time. At men's Bible study this last Saturday, just yesterday morning, the Lord convicted me because I realized a place that he had not been Lord of my life. We read about uh, where, where the Pharisees rebuked the disciples because they ate wheat on, on the Sabbath. They, they, they grabbed some wheat uh, from the field on the Sabbath and they got upset. They felt it was breaking their laws. And Jesus, Jesus kind of put them in their place, but he ended, his, he ended his debate with the Son of Man is Lord of even the Sabbath. And I realized where I struggle in, right now is letting myself rest, <laughs> you know, taking a day off. And I realized, Lord, you've not been the Lord of my Sabbath. I've not given you that area. What was he doing? He was taking another chunk of my personal Israel, <laughs> my personal promised land. It's an area I'm going to have to die out to and be resurrected in. Amen. That's how it is over and over. Let's all bow our heads as the musicians come. We're going to celebrate one more song. Now, before you can look up, I'm sorry, I had you bow your head prematurely here. I know, I'm not very formal. Uh, uh, here, right after service, we're going to ask not to start putting the chairs up quite yet. Uh, we're going to have an Easter egg hunt for the kids. It was scheduled originally outdoors. We're going to do it out in the atrium, okay? Uh, so, so we're going to need some help. Uh, so if some of the, uh, I believe we've got some boxes of eggs. We've got about 2,000 eggs. We're going to hide the best we can here in the atrium, so these chairs and whatnot will, you know, at least help give some obstacles for them to have to have to uh, uh, look 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 for the eggs with. Okay, but in the meantime, let's now you can bow your head. <laughs> if you're here today and you say, you know what, I've never made Jesus Christ Lord of my life, boss of my life, and I, I really want to do that. Now I'm not talking about believing in Him. I mean, giving Him your life, not just your troubles, but your life. And if you're saying, Pastor Dave, look, I really would like to, to do that today. I would like to make Jesus Christ Lord, boss, ruler of my life. Raise your hand. I would love a chance to pray with you today. If that's you today, amen. If you're here and you say, Pastor Dave, I've, I've walked away from the Lord and I need to come home. And I just need to give my life back to Christ today. I'd love a chance to get to pray with you. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand. Amen. Amen. If you've raised your hand here in a few moments, I'm going to go stand over in the corner over here. And, and I want to invite you to come. Give me a chance to pray with you. We're going to sing one more song. While they're singing the song, just come on over and we'll pray together.
Let me just bless you real quick before we pray, before we sing. Lord, I thank you so much for these wonderful folks who have come out to celebrate your resurrection today. Lord, I love you. And these are your sheep. And you love them more than I could possibly even dream of. So Lord, I pray you bless them today. Help them experience you in true resurrection power. But in doing so, they got to know you in the fellowship of your suffering. Even unto death. But Lord, we, we love the fact that we just don't die out to ourselves. But man, you bring us back to life. And I mean a lot of it through the power of the Holy Spirit. Bless each family today. Bless the children as they come in to hunt for Easter eggs. And give us a beautiful Resurrection Sunday. And a beautiful time with families. Heal the brokenhearted. Encourage those that are discouraged. Lift up the countenance of those that are downtrodden. And spread your love through everyone's heart. And we praise you in Jesus' name. Everyone say amen. Amen. Let's sing one more time together. And we can celebrate because all of our mess and all of our sin is buried in an unmarked grave. That means it's gone. And not just gone, but you're in Texas, so it's gone. Everyone say that. Gone. All right, let's praise one more time.